I promised a part two. Here it is. Part two of the podcast. Some late night uh, philosophy, maybe. Maybe a little bit, um, a little too deep. Kind of just talking about some stuff. Um, I talked about the BMW Championship. I talked about Shohei Otani. I talked about the Yankees ups and downs. So a lot of sports talk. Um, a lot of great stuff. I talked about how Brady's the GOAT and what we just saw. That was nuts. Um, but I also talked about kind of my process and some of the stuff in the podcast and some of the lessons I like to learn from sports and talk about. Um, and that stuff got a little bit, uh, you know, I, I don't want to say complicated. Nothing's too complicated. Simple stuff. Um, I had one main point and I can't wait for you guys to hear it. And I want to know what your feedback is on it. So let me know. It's a bit of a different episode, but it's great. Enjoy it. Part two of the talk show episode 46. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire. By famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. Part two, and there's a whole lot to cover. So I'm going to get right into it because, like I said, <laughs> a lot to get to here. Um, well, first of all, I, I haven't been on in a while. So I didn't want to talk about this at the top of the last episode because I was just so focused. Hey, let's get this out of football. Sometimes the urgency, the sense of urgency to get an episode out actually helps me um, because I don't think about it. I just sit down and record. And you think like at this point, w- what's there to think about? Like, I think I'm pretty good at it at this. Um, I'm getting better. I'm I'm improving. Um, it's been a process. And even if I'm not, <laughs> I still like to sit down and talk sports. Like this is just something I do. Um, when I'm hanging out throughout the day at work, um, uh, when I talk to the personalities on the air at the station um, who are just hanging around the office or at the studios, um, whether I'm talking to coworkers who are also, you know, avid sports fans and what we do, uh, talking to friends, texting, social media, it's, you know, it's constant with me. It's just kind of, you know, when I do the podcast, I kind of wish it was more like that sometimes. Like, I think I sound good, I'm articulate and all that. And, um, you know, it's kind of different. Sometimes I wish it was just me having a conversation about sports. And, and sometimes it feels like that, you know, um, and I'm okay with the fact that sometimes it might be a little bit more, maybe quote unquote professional. Um, and that's fine. But, you know, I don't know. Sometimes you it gets to the point where like, yeah, I, I got to record this and there's a lot going on. There's work. There's, you know, obviously the holidays just happened and all that. Um, and I, I don't mean to be a downer to open this episode um, or I guess the second part of this episode. But I was, you know, sometimes it just happens where you're like, I, I got to do this a different time or tomorrow or whatever. And it doesn't happen. Um, what happened specifically this time um, I was supposed to have a guest on. Uh, I won't mention his name for now. A bunch of people know who he is. Uh, we had been in contact back and forth. And then, you know, he kind of pushed off a couple times. Um, and then ultimately, you know, um, we remained in contact, but it kind of faded. And he was, he's, you know, as of now, it's on hold. So he may still very well come on. And that would be a great interview. And it was going to be a guest that it's not a huge guest, but it's a bigger guest than what I've had in the past, uh, maybe. And I hadn't had a guest in a while. 
Um, and this is actually the second straight time that this has happened with a guest that was supposed to come on. And then last minute they were like, oh, something came up. You know, I really want to reschedule. And then we never did. Um, and so it, both times it kind of deterred me to the point where like uh, I didn't record for almost a couple weeks afterwards. Um, and and I, that's something that I'm going to have to, I guess, get used to. Yeah, sometimes they don't come on. Um, it's happened twice in a row and it's been a while since I had a guest. So maybe that's why it kind of threw me off. I, I don't know if it necessarily did. Maybe I'm just blaming that. But um, I just hadn't recorded in a while. You know, that night I, I was ready to go. I could have just sat down and recorded alone. Um, I have plenty to talk about. Like I said, I could turn on a microphone and talk. I, I don't even need to turn on a microphone. I'm talking about sports anyway. So um, there's always a lot to talk about. I hope to get both of those guests back on um, <laughs> at some point. Um, I really do hope so. So that would be great. Um, as far as personal stuff, there's been a bunch of stuff going on outside of the podcast. So I've been busy. It's not like I haven't been producing stuff. I wrote a bunch of articles. Um, Grunt Talks, uh, G-U-R, sorry, G-R-U-N-T, Talks, Sports. Um, so I've been working with them, writing some articles for them. It's been uh, a really fun experience for me. Um, you know, just a platform to kind of write. I've always wanted to do a little bit more writing. Um, and they've given me that platform, so I really appreciate it. Um, Conduct Detrimental. That's another place. Uh, check them out, too. Uh, I did some writing for them. It's kind of like they do sports, law, sports, uh, business. So kind of a niche thing that they do for uh, you know sports writing. Um, it's kind of cool. So I'm trying to come up with more ideas to write for them because I think it's super cool to write for them. Um, the writing that I did for uh, Grunt Talks also really good. So it's kind of been fun. I've been writing a bunch, been doing a bunch of different things. So it's not like I just haven't been here, um, but I've had stuff to talk about on the podcast and I haven't. Um, so that's what this part is for. That's what this episode is for. That's what I wanted to do a two parter. I didn't want to hold it any longer. I figured once I'm recording, I'm going to do it. I ended up going and watching the football game, um, you know, releasing the episode. And then I had a bunch of stuff to do. And then I went and watched the football game. So here I am now. Um, after the game, Tom Brady's still the goat. Tom Brady doing what he does. You knew he was going to come down and at least get a field goal in that spot, or at least I thought so. Um, Dak Prescott showed a tremendous amount of guts and grit and heart coming back after that injury. He didn't look his best out there. He was still a little ginger, a little afraid to run. His arm didn't look perfect. Some of those throws were a little wobbly, but he did everything he ne needed to to uh, help Dallas almost win this game. I mean, he walked off the field outside of the Hail Mary at the end, or they didn't even Hail Mary it, but outside of the you know the play with two seconds from their own 20 at the end, he uh, walked off the field with the lead um, <laughs> with about 90 seconds left in this game um, against Tom Brady and the champion Bucks on the road in his first game off a brutal injury and then another... Uh, shoulder situation in in the preseason so i mean really what what dak prescott did was equally as impressive and he's back and he's going to be a factor in this league for years to come um i hope because he's good for this league he's he's awesome i i really you know last year kind of i kind of became a really big dak fan and then he got hurt and all the things and you know on social media and that he said afterwards uh kind of endeared him to me and so I really like Dak, and I was really happy to see him perform the way he did. I would have loved for Chris Godwin not to fumble there or to actually make that huge catch because, like I mentioned earlier, he is on my fantasy team. Um, so I would have loved those points. 
That would have helped. I started him. I did not start Antonio Brown, although he's on my bench. But nobody cares about my fantasy team, like I mentioned. Um, another thing in my personal life, I am now available on the Odyssey app. And that's huge for me. It's my pinned tweet now. Um, so you go check me out on Twitter. Go give that a like if you're listening to this. Go to Twitter right now. It's not that hard. You're probably on your phone anyway. You're definitely on your phone. Um, Twitter, pretty easy to access. I'm at Rami Lavi with an underscore between my first and last name. And it's my pinned tweet. So it's right there. And it's just that I'm on the Odyssey app. So go subscribe on the Odyssey app. It's kind of cool. The company I work for um, now, my job is to uh, sell myself to sell my podcast, which is so cool um, <laughs> because that's kind of like, you know, what I've been doing. That was my side hustle. And that was also not really a hustle, but kind of like my side gig or even a hobby to some extent. And I kind of got um, crapped on at some points for that being a hobby and maybe it taking over my life. Um, and well, now my hobby is my job and they're <laughs> one in the same. Um, that That's just remarkable. Um, and I'm really, really blessed. And, you know, I, I dovened a lot and prayed for uh, this, you know, this week for continued success and just to kind of see a path. Um, it's still kind of clarifying for me. It's It's been a lot, you know. Um, it's all good things. <laughs> it's kind of funny. It sounds like I'm, I don't know why this is how it's come out and I'm not going to delete this. I'm, I'm going to keep this. Um, <laughs> I, I want the uh, podcast to be natural and real. So th- this is uh, real raw unedited, but, um, so it, it's, it's, you know, the path is developing and people every day who I speak to and you guys and the feedback I get is kind of how I learn how to, you know, grow and in which direction to go um and all that so uh it's it's been it's been a crazy ride all right a couple weeks ago i went to the bmw yeah this is where i wanted to go because i want to talk about this at the time but i got home like right before shabbos and i had to cook and it was crazy um so i went to the bmw which is the uh the bmw championship if you don't know it's a golf tournament it or yeah it's a golf tournament it's a um part of the pga tour it's part of the fedex cup so the FedEx Cup is uh, it's a, the playoffs. It's comprised of a whole bunch of different tours and all the biggest names in golf. I mean, you name him. He was there. And this was the greatest experience. I got to go through work. Um, they actually had tickets for me. That was a long story story for another time. Um, but I got tickets on Friday. I uh, was supposed to take a client, ended up taking a friend. And we went to the golf tournament. And um, I've never been to anything like it. So first we walk in and, you know, we're kind of walking around just looking at everything. It's stunning. There's all the cars out there, all the BMWs, all, you know, you see the golf course, you see it's kind of classy. There's there's uh, cocktails flowing, there's beers flowing, all that stuff, all these concessions. And then as we're walking up, we, we pass by, you know, a whole bunch of people standing around. We're like, what's going on here? This is the 11th hole. And they're just putting on the 11th hole, professional golfers about 10 feet away from you. And uh, it didn't even click yet. We went to the club. We walked around. And then we walked. I think it was maybe the sixth or seventh hole. We were like, oh, my God, there's Bryson DeChambeau and Jordan Spieth. And they're about 10 feet away from us. And we could hear them talking to their caddies because it's silent. And then they hit the shots. And we walk with them to the to where their ball is. And then they hit it again. And it's like, oh, my God, I'm not a golf fan. But this is the craziest sports experience of my life. This is the craziest thing I've ever seen. We ended up uh, landing on the 10th and 11th holes. First, I mean... First, we went to uh, see uh, who was it? It was um, we well, we we got to see basically everyone. Um, Every big golfer, Rory McIlroy was there. uh, Brooks Koepka was there. Um, 
anyone if, if you think of patrick Haintley, who ended up winning the whole thing that that you know that tournament and ultimately the fedex championship he was there um every single guy every single big golfer i guess except for tiger woods who you know is still recovering and i might be maybe making a comeback actually um all those guys are there and you go from hole to hole watching them and you're standing right next to them to the point that rory mcelroy had a ball that literally landed right behind me and i start running towards it they're like don't touch it i'm like okay it's not a foul ball message received and then he comes up right next to me and he's like hey could you back up a couple feet i need to uh hit this from here and i'm like right yeah go go ahead rory you just do your thing three feet in front of me while i stand over you and breathe down your back and you're getting paid millions of dollars to do that. i mean it's the craziest sports experience what i compared it to um and first of all it's the course is stunning um like i said it's, it's a classy event there are people smoking cigars and they got their you know everyone's dressed in their golf gear and you're there walking around first of all you're, it's the most exercise i've ever gotten at a sporting event in my life um, at any spectator event, I was walking around for six hours walking the course. You have to walk the course, right? You don't have an option. You're not sitting in a golf cart. They're not either, but they at least get to cut through certain parts. There are certain parts where you do get to cut through um, on the courses themselves, which is also super cool. You're just walking across the green. Uh, there was a time where I was walking across the green. And I just stopped. I've never felt such perfectly trimmed grass, soft grass in my life. So I was just standing there. just wanted to rub my feet on it. Uh, <laughs> But it's so there's all of that and there's the scenery of it. And then there's the fact that you're standing five feet away from Phil Mickelson as he warms up and he's talking to his caddy and he's talking to his agent and he's just hanging out and you're five feet away from him watching him do his craft. But I said it's similar if you went to like one of those lifetime fitnesses where you see, you know, the basketball players hanging, the NBA players hanging out in the offseason. But instead of one court, there was like four courts there. And on one court, like LeBron was playing with Carmelo Anthony. And then another court uh, was, I don't know, pick whoever it is, Luka Doncic against Steph Curry. And then another court was uh, Julius Randle because I'm a Knicks fan. You know what I'm saying? Every court was a superstar. And you're just standing, walking through them, listening to them schmooze and just like talk um, <laughs> and, and do their thing. But they're getting paid millions of dollars to do it. Um, it's It's the craziest thing. There's no other professional sporting event that you're, like right up in their grill while they're performing like that. It's, it's the craziest experience. And every, everyone who's been in the past who I start like explaining this to, they're like, yeah, this is golf. This is what it's like. It's, it's the best ever. So I kind of got into it. Um, there ended up being, you know, you go watch the highlights. Patrick Cantley and um, uh, uh, Bryson DeChambeau ended up having a playoff where they just went back and forth on the last because they were tied and they kept going back and forth and one-upping each other with crazy putts and crazy shots. Um, ultimately, Cantley won. And it was just an incredible thing watching that golfer that weekend. And I kind of got into it a little bit. So um, there's if, if you hear me talking golf on this podcast, which I probably won't, it's not good for ratings, although my ratings aren't great anyway. So if you hear me talking golf on this podcast, you'll know. I also I saw Shohei Otani. I wrote an article about this. I wrote two articles about this. The first was the fact that just seeing Shohei Otani is incredible. Um, seeing him in person and how that night turned out with it started with all the fans there rooting for Otani, obviously coming off the night before when the Oriole fans booed the Orioles for intentionally walking Shohei Otani, the road player. They wanted him to beat them. They wanted him to see him. Um, and then it turns into the team that had lost 19 straight after Otani's out of the game. Once there's 16,000 people in the seats, they started rooting for their home team. And when the Orioles had a crazy comeback in the eighth inning, it was an incredible experience. The other thing I wrote was 16,000 is a lot. It's a lot more than are usually at Camden Yards. But whose job should it be to... Um, 
market Shohei Otani when he's on the road, considering, um, you know, and go check that out. Um, that article that I wrote on my Twitter, on my LinkedIn, uh, you can check it out there. So, yeah, definitely some interesting points. But seeing Otani pitch and hit in the same game was there was a buzz in that stadium like there hasn't been at a baseball game that I've been to in a long time. I mean, you know, I guess maybe maybe uh, Yankees Red Sox playoffs like to that extent. I don't remember there being a, a certain hype around a professional a, a one singular professional athlete. Maybe an event has been bigger that I've been to, but I don't remember there being a hype around one professional athlete the way there was that hype around Shohei Otani. So we're catching up. Those was a couple weeks ago, um, but I haven't spoken about those things. I talked in part one about how it's the most wonderful time of the year, so I could skip that. Um, I have that here written in my notes. Um, But I'm going to talk a little baseball because I haven't done that in a while. So let's just talk about the Mets for a second before we get to my team, um, because my team's a mess (laughs) and there's a lot to get to. The Mets are going to met. The Mets are right there, and as they were winning, and I know they lost the last two, but even as they were winning, it was just in the most Mets pathetic way. First, they're booing the fans, then they win, but they're missing the earring, and then their general manager gets arrested for driving with uh, under the influence. I mean, can it ever just be that the Mets are not a negative headline, even when they're positive, or worse, a negative headline when they're already negative? I mean. They could win the World Series and the team would still find a way to embarrass themselves. Um, I always liked Luis Rojas all year, but he's obviously in over his head. Sandy Alderson, the same thing. And that whole staff is going to go. I mean, I said it when they traded for Lindor. He's a perfect Met because of all these things. I said it when they traded for Baez. He's a perfect Met because of all these things. Even Pete Alonso, who's like their superstar, who's actually performed well, who they love. He's oh, we're, we're so happy and everyone should just be happy because we're playing baseball. Like, it's it's so pathetic. And he's such a weird superstar. Like, you saw him at, you know, his interview during the Home Run Derby was super weird. He's just a strange, strange dude. He's, like, hard to get behind. He's hard to root for. I mean, like, Derek Jeter is the perfect example. It's not fair because he's literally Derek Jeter. He's the greatest ever. But, um, you know, he was so easy to root for. And his speech is so perfect. He always said the right thing, always did the right thing. Everything is so perfect with Derek Jeter. And not every superstar is like that. And it sucks that other teams don't have superstars like that, including my team, the Yankees currently. Uh, Staying in that division, the NL East, because I talked about how that division was going to be. I thought coming into the year, my prediction was that was going to be, I said the best division in in, uh, baseball. I don't think I meant the best. I meant the most competitive. It is. You have uh, three teams legitimately vying to win that division for uh, three teams. Yeah. The nationals, had they not traded off their piece, they'd probably still be in it because Trey Turner and Max Scherzer, I mean, with those guys and the way the divisions looked, they probably could still be in the division, but they d- decided to plan for the future and they'll probably control the division. If any of those prospects work out um, in year- for years to come um, And the Marlins, I said they would take a step forward. They have like, you know, some of those guys look really fun down there. Alessandra and jazz Chisholm and all those guys. But um, they're not quite there yet as far as competing, although you could compete in this division. Atlanta loses Acuna, and then they go out and just buy a whole new outfield at the trade deadline. They're like, well, we're not out of this because everyone else sucks. Um, The Mets, I talked about, they're for 90 days, they're in first place, and they drop out of it in the most remarkable fashion. But now they're back in it, but they're pathetic, but they're still back in it somehow. 
Um, and then there's Bryce Harper literally trying to carry the Phillies and in the process, probably making a really good case for MVP. I always talk about Bryce Harper being one of the most complete players. I've been watching him since he's 18. I have a special spot for Bryce Harper. I love Bryce Harper. Um, so I'm a little biased here, but that guy definitely is making a case for MVP. His on-base percentage is ridiculous. He's like on base, like 45% of the times that he comes to the plate. So for his plate appearances, he's on the base like 45% of the time. Um, He's hitting over 300. He hits home runs. He hits home runs in big spots. He runs the bases. Something interesting happened tonight in the Yankee game where Giancarlo Stanton in a big spot hit into an inning ending double play. Nothing new. But you see him jogging up the line. I don't care if you get thrown out. Make him make a play. Make Just run your butt off. That's Bryce Harper. Yes, sometimes he makes base running mistakes because he's over aggressive. Sometimes he makes fielding mistakes because he's over aggressive or even throwing mistakes because he's over aggressive with the way he throws. But he goes hard every single play and he doesn't miss a game. I've never seen anything like it. The guy is so valuable to a team, the way he carries himself, the way he leads. People think, oh, he's about me. And and, and people got the wrong like image of him. And when, when he was a free agent and the Yankees decided to go trade for Stanton instead, I said it at the time. I, re- I, I said it. I really wish they had gotten Bryce Harper. I, I really love Bryce Harper. Um, and so that's, you know, He's he's doing what I thought he would be doing, and I love watching him. I've gotten to see him in person a couple times this year. Uh, both games, he hit a home run, and he's just he's so cool. So that's Bryce Harper. That's my Bryce Harper talk. All right, let's talk about the Yankees. Buckle up, because this isn't about to be the same old Yankee take you've heard for the last six months. Let's go through real quick, and I posted this on my Instagram yesterday, so if you saw it... Uh, I apologize that you already saw. Oh, sorry. I didn't turn my sound off on my Instagram. All right. There we go. First 15 games of the season. You want to know what kind of year it's been for the Yankees. They were 5-10. and 10. The next 32, they went 23-9, and 9, a really good record. The next 18, they went 5-13. and 13. The next 9, they went 7-2, and 2, also good. The next 8, they went 1-7. and 7. Then their next 46, they went 35-11. and 11. And then their last 10, or last 11 now, they're 2-9. and nine. It's been a roller coaster to say the least. They're 78 and 61. And the two stretches that are the longest stretches are a 32 game stretch and a 46 game stretch in those stretches combined. Um, let's see if my math works out here. They're 48 and 20. So, sorry, 58 and 20. 58 and 20 is a really, really good record. But you take those games out um, and it's really not good. Um, it's been up and down all year. It's been weird. It's been a roller coaster. Evan Roberts made that point on the air today that the, the those two stretches might be who this team actually is. You know, those are the two longest stretches um, of all those little hot peaks and valleys. Um, the two longest stretches are positive stretches. So maybe that's a positive sign for the Yankees. But if the Yankees make a wild card game, who knows what team is showing up on that day? Forget about a three weeks of the playoffs where they could be on one of their down streaks. You know, yes, you only need 12 wins, including the wild card game to win a World Series. But you need to do it in a quick time. And if you're having one of those down streaks where you're going to lose four in a row, lose four in a row and get swept by the Toronto Blue Jays, then guess what? You're not going to win the World Series. It's it's simple. I, I don't need to explain this to anyone. Um Yes, you need it. There's a sense of urgency that there needs to be. And the Yankees had that during their 13 game winning streak. 
and they've lost it uh, since then. Um, it, it's kind of crazy to see how the, a team, I've never seen a team rest on their laurels like this. They're not even like confirmed for a playoff spot. Forget about that. They'd have to go to Boston and face Chris Sale, who's looked excellent. Um, and who knows if they're bringing like who they're bringing out of the, the bullpen. Their bullpens looked good. And <laughs> to think that you're just going to sit back and be like, yeah, you know, we won 13 straight. We were great. We were 33 and nine or whatever the number I said was. It's awesome. Let's let's just rest on that. It's pretty crazy. But I said it's not going to be the same old Yankee take. And here's why. Um, sports in general, sports talk, and I'm skipping a couple of points. I guess I'll get back to this. Is extremely reactionary. You know, it started with kind of sports media where they need to have a story, they need to have a take, they need to have kind of a a reaction. So immediately, everyone runs the next day and goes, "Tom Brady is the best quarterback ever because he did this." And then he throws two picks in a game and they lose. And it's like, Tom Brady is washed. He's done. And how many times have we done that over the last bunch of years? Um, Or whatever the take is. So it's Giancarlo Stanton stinks. He stinks. He shouldn't be on this team. And I'm quoting myself and things that I said a few months ago. And then the next day it's, oh, my freaking God. Stanton is the guy you want up in the clutch every time this guy pulls through. It's incredible. Um. The thing about baseball, it's 162 games. It's a marathon. It's a long freaking season. And if you went back and forth and back and forth, you become completely unreliable. That's first of all. I mean, the most, you know, the the account that's the most quote unquote reliable on Twitter is the freezing quote takes count. It it takes all the everyone's old takes and it's called old takes exposed, right? Every single person's old takes will be exposed because things change so quickly in the world, in sports, in everything. Things change so quickly. Life changes. That's how it is. Everything moves quickly. Um, And people love overreacting. It happened this week with my grandmother. My brother moved to town, uh, which is nice. Um, And my grandmother goes, isn't it crazy? I can't get over it. I I can't believe he, he lives here. And I'm like, you can't get over it. Like, you can't believe it. He just moved here. It just happened. Like, things happen. Things happen all the time and much crazier things than that. And this was something that was being planned for months. Um, But it's just how people are. People like to overreact and and, and make a really big deal out of every little thing. Um, And I think it's a lesson that I'm trying to take in life where, like, you know, you don't want to become numb to things, but you also want to kind of find a spot where you're kind of just you're not overreacting. You're not just like running to judge because that's how we become judgmental of each other and, and of everything in the world and how, you know, we become anxious and we become angry because things just happen and we immediately run to go, Oh my God, this happened. And it's kind of like with, you know, I I watch a lot of Ted Lasso and some, he's taught me a lot of lessons in a way. Jason steak is incredible TV show on Apple TV, but it's kind of brought to you through the eye of sports. Um, even though I think it's so much beyond sports and I think sports itself is beyond sports if you're watching close enough. Um, and I think like some of the things that happen in that show where he's just like kind of takes a step back and takes you away from the game and, and, and from the X's and O's and that's his whole, you know, thing is that it's not about the X's and O's. It's about the individuals and, and different, you know, things that happen. And that's something that I learned from him and just as different, speeches and his positivity but he's also understanding and he understands and, and part of his positivity is you know is is a is a show because he obviously has his own deep-rooted issues 
that he's trying to work through and he knows that he's not trying to hide them but he you know if he puts on a positive face he for everyone else he could be strong um in in one particular scene where it's become quite famous that i've watched a few times now is you know he said when he was a kid he always liked to ask questions he always wanted to be curious he didn't want to be um judgmental he wanted he'd rather be curious than judgmental i'm forgetting the words but the point his point was that when you're curious you ask questions you find out why things are happening you try and look into things and you try and you know understand things deeper you take a step back you don't run to judge every little thing and in sports and specifically in sports media and you know i'm trying to make it in sports media that that's not a secret that's what i'm doing it's why i'm here um it's why i'm i'm talking to myself at 12:30 at night um on a thursday night in front of a microphone and a laptop but so much of the industry has become reaction like you know this happens and we run and we scream about this and then something else happens and we run and we scream about that and i you know you have to take a step back and and what this yankee season has really helped teach me and really life in general has helped teach me is just kind of take it and 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 analyze it and look at it on a larger scale and take a step back and take a deep breath and kind of look at you know those uh, paintings? This is kind of interesting. Um, and I, I'm, I really am rambling, but I hope my point is getting across. You know, um, I remember the first time I was at Madison Square Garden with my father, a guy was drawing a painting and nobody knew what it was. And he's, he's on the, it's a halftime show. He's drawing the painting and he's running around and he's flipping paint in the air and he's throwing this there and that there and this color and it's all, and nobody knows what's going on. And then at the end, he turns it upside down. You see, it's a perfect painting of Billy Joel, I think it was. And you're like, oh, cool. Because when you're seeing things and you're so focused on the little things and you don't take a step back and you're looking at them from the wrong direction the whole time, you didn't even realize that you were upside down the whole time because you were so focused on the little details. Um, that That's life. That That's life. That's sports. And unfortunately you know, for the last few seasons with the Yankees and in every season, in every sport, it comes down to a few minuscule things. It's going to come down to a few games, a few, you know, bullpen decisions, a few hitting decisions. It always does because that's how sports ends up working out. And we decide whether this was a success or a failure based on what happened in those very, very few moments. But it's not the way things should be judged. We get so accustomed to judging things on that way because that's what determines whether they win or lose a championship but when you take a step back and you look at a 162 game season you can't possibly judge that way you know it's hard not to overmanage in that those games and we always were on joe girardi for doing that remember when he sat raul Ibanez? well he sat alex rodriguez for raul Ibanez in the ninth inning against the orioles in the playoffs and then raul hits the home run in the ninth to tie it and hits the home run in the 11th to win it. Everyone remembers that he did that, but very few people remember that he sat A-Rod. And can you imagine the scrutiny he would have faced for sitting A-Rod in that spot had Roli has not come through once, let alone twice? So the overmanaging that happens in those spots, and we, I saw it from Boone on what I called when they were desperate, when they were kind of, you know, just the, when there was an urgency with the team. You don't see that as much now. And yeah, I think it's a bad thing because they haven't earned anything yet. But at the same time, you can't always have that urgency. Sometimes you have to take a step back 
and you have to, okay, I'm in this spot now and I, and this is what I'm trying to do. And whether you're in your career or in a relationship or in life, um, and I'm not one to be giving life lessons here or life advice, but it's it, just my opinion. You kind of have to slow things down and take a step back sometimes and look at what's going on. Um, people get very, you know, very caught up. This happens all the time in sports with the replacements. Uh, so, for example, with the Yankees right now, um, uh, Andrew Velasquez has been performing extremely well in the absence of Glaber Torres. Uh, and then Glaber Torres comes back and everyone wants Andrew Velasquez to stay. He plays better defense. He makes contact. He steals bases. But no one would argue that the best version of Glaber Torres is way better than Andrew Velasquez will ever be. I mean, he's 29 years old. He's been in the minors his whole life. Yes, he plays exceptional D. He does some things really well that Glaber can't do. But, you know, we saw Glaber hit 38 home runs not too long ago um, in the season and was incredible. And it was just the, this young phenom. He's still only, what, 24, 25 years old. He's still so young. Um, it had happened with Cam Talbot. And this is a funny example because the, the Rangers were on a playoff run and, and Henrik Lundqvist was hurt. This is Henrik Lundqvist. This is the guy they call the king, one of the greatest goalies in franchise history, right? And they're about to go into a playoff series and you're like, we want Cam Talbot because he played so well when Henrik was out. And, and you just have to be, it's because you get so caught up in those moments and, and what's going on and what's happening right now. And you don't take a step back and you don't look. And obviously, you know, it's the little moments that create the big picture. You know, if you execute the little things well, then overall everything looks good. Look at the Tampa Bay Rays, for example. The record looks incredible, right? And then you look back and you're like, yeah, well, they were 18-1 and one against the Orioles. <laughs> they destroyed a bad team. The Yankees, you know, lost six times to the Orioles or seven times to the Orioles. And that's why the Yankees record is where they are. That's kind of how sports works a lot of times where it's the culmination of those things. And you're like, oh, okay here's the bigger picture. But when you look at every minuscule little thing, it's like a pitcher. He he threw that pitch. Why did he throw that pitch so high and, in, and inside? Oh, because he was setting up a breaking ball down in a way that he got the strikeout on. You know, it's, again, it's about taking the step back. Um, and I kind of wanted to try and do that on the show a little bit more. And it's so hard because the whole point of having a sports talk show is to react to everything. Um, but but I took a step back and I was trying to think about, you know, going into the football season. And I said this on the first half. This is the only time to be so optimistic about the New York Jets. If you can't be optimistic now, then why even be a fan? You know, I talked about the Browns and like people are saying, oh, they're, they're just going to be the same old Browns. They're always the same old Browns. If you believe that the Browns can't change, then the league would just kick them out of the league. And that's it. And you should give up. You should stop watching sports. I don't care if you're a Ravens fan. If you think the Browns can't change, you should stop watching sports because that then you you believe that the whole system is flawed and, and and none of it makes sense or matters um so with with the jets they have a new quarterback coming in and people want to make fun that tony romo and guys like chris sims are saying how incredible he's going to be and an interesting pushback on the tony romo point that i think chris, uh uh colin cowherd said i think it was colin cowherd he said, what's interesting is the reason why, and this may have been um, the guys, Kyle Brandt and those guys on Good Morning Football also, but the, I listened to both. And the reason why Patrick Mahomes became Patrick Mahomes and became top three to five quarterbacks so quickly is because he won. Um, you know, otherwise you become Matt Stafford. 
Matt Stafford, like I said earlier, he has all the talent that some of these guys have, and he doesn't get the recognition because he never won. So the team around Zach Wilson, unless he's special, special, that he can overcome all those flaws on that team. And I think the offensive side of the ball is getting better. The, the offensive line, the receiving core, maybe the running backs are definitely better than they've been in the past and better than what they offered a guy like Sam Darnold. But a good counterpoint to what Tony said was, how is he going to overcome that terrible defense? And if he can't do that, no matter how good he is, are we really going to look at him in a light that says, this guy is insane. This guy is incredible. This guy is the next coming of Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers. And yes, the talent is there. But at the same time, instead of making fun and saying, oh, Jets fans are going to hype themselves up. And while other Jets fans are going, no, 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 I can't buy in. I can't buy in again. I can't buy in again. You got to, again, fall somewhere in between and be like, no, we're not overhyped, but we have every right to be excited. If we can't be excited now, when are we ever going to be excited? What are we going to sit and be depressed forever and then get mildly happy when something good happens once in a while? We'll never get to enjoy it at that point, right? Because we're just going to be recovering from our misery. Like, when when do you get to sit back and enjoy it? Like, the angst of sports is part of sports. It's part of what makes it fun. And rooting for a guy who has all the talent in the world, who's a likable kid, who says all the right things, does all the right things, seems like a good dude. He's named the captain in his first year. The teammates seem to like him. He seems to be a leader. Why can't you get excited for that? Guys like Chris Sims and Tony Romo don't just throw out random names and, and say things like that about anyone. Why not get excited? <laughs> we have every right to get excited as Jets fans. And I'm not saying overreact and say, oh, this team's going to listen. You listen to the first part of the podcast. What I say, five, six wins. Yeah, because that would be tripling their win total total from the year before. That's incredible. If they triple their win total, you want to tell me that's not great. Of course, that's great. But it's a process. And, and I think that people should be excited. And yes, Sam Darnold in week one will be better and should be better than Zach Wilson, unless Sam Darnold is really a bust, which I don't believe he is because I do believe he has talent. Also, I think. Christian McCaffrey is talented and I think you know he has that special rapport with Robbie Anderson and he has Matt Rule over there and he has you know a, a solid defense and he's going up, up against the Jets terrible defense um all those things are, are kind of you know all, all those things are, Darnold should be decent and but be a fan this is what I'm talking about like in a lot of people everyone because of Twitter and because of social media and because I guess of podcasts also where you could just sit on record on anchor and post it to the world and anyone can listen to it. Everyone thinks they have their own talk show now. And listen, I I'm one of them, right? I, I just showed up one day and now I have a talk show and I kind of talk about it in my preview. Now I have the talk show. Woo woo. Yeah. And, and I believe that I, I do feel that way. I'm very happy about it. And I'm happy that, you know, I have that opportunity to just put my stuff out there for anyone to listen. But at the same time, you know, even the talk show hosts need to sit back at some point and just be a fan and appreciate and not try and grab headlines and not try and, you know, dissect every little thing and always have to understand everything. We don't understand everything. It's part of it. Um, and so I'm working on that. I want to be a fan on this show. So yes, part of fandom is part of fandom is being upset and disappointed that the Yankees got swept at home in four games for the first time in 107 years or 113 years. Yeah, that's insane. And that that is very disappointing. But also, 
you should, you know, I didn't get too high. And I wrote that article about proceeding with caution when they were winning 13 games in a row. There's a balance there. And being a fan, you should always, you shouldn't say, I'm done with this team. I hate this. What the heck? Because tomorrow they may win another seven games in a row. And then you're going to be like, yes, this team is back. They could do no wrong, but then they might lose again. Yes, the ebbs and flows of it, there's an up and down, but you just always should be rooting for your team. And last year, I really lost that when I was losing, rooting for the Jets to lose. And I'm not saying I'm going to be sitting in front of my TV every Sunday watching, you know, three hours of Jets football because it's going to be hard to watch at times this year. I really do think that times are going to be not so great. And I hope the offense is more bearable to watch than it's been in years past under Adam Gase or Todd Bowles. Um, But I do think the defense and overall game is going to be somewhat tough to watch. But and it's going to be interesting to see how Robert Sala handles the postgame press conferences when they lose and do bad things and how, you know, Zach Wilson handles it and how he handles the media when there's, you know, some sort of something comes up and there's a, you know, controversy because it's going to happen. It happens. It's New York media. It's the Jets. All that stuff comes along with the territory, but just embrace it and enjoy it. And and kind of what Pete Alonso is saying is you're watching baseball. Enjoy that. <laughs> yeah, I talked about how Pete Alonso is a weird guy and he shouldn't say that. So maybe he shouldn't say that. But I'm a fan. I can say that. I can say I'm enjoying it. And sometimes it's not enjoyable. Sometimes they don't make it enjoyable. Um, but be upset when that happens and be happy when the other thing happens. So kind of more be a fan, less reactionary, less judgmental. Um. And kind of, you know, it's not, I don't like to put, people are like, oh, well, you don't judge people. You put yourself in their shoes. I don't do that either. Um, I try and just take a step back and realize that things are so minor in life. And in the big, bigger picture of things, we get worked up over little things. And I don't think it's worth it. Um, A couple other points. And people got worked up about this also. Mac Jones gets, uh, he gets a starting job and Cam gets cut, which Makes sense to me. If you're going to start Mac Jones, you have to cut the guy who is a former MVP, who is a larger than life presence, who is a superstar personality on and off the field. Um, You have to cut him because you can't have that weighing over a rookie quarterback. So everyone trying to make a story out of him. Oh, maybe he's a bad influence. Maybe Bill Belichick is a racist. Maybe it's because of the COVID stuff. Maybe it's because he didn't get vaccinated. Who knows? Nobody knows. And I think the answer is none of that. The answer is just more simple. Like I said, you got to take a step back and be like, no, it's it's bad for a young quarterback to be looking over his shoulder and looking at the sideline and seeing a guy of Cam Newton's stature ready to come in at any point. So Francesa, who's like, I, I think, you know, he's going to be successful. <clears throat> and Colin Coward, who the day before is like, Cam's going to start. I would go with Cam. And then he goes, well, we all knew it was destined to happen the next day. <laughs> um, and then you have a guy like Bill Simmons who doesn't do that as much. And that's why I enjoy listening to guys like Bill and guys like Ryan Rosillo because they're not as much like the mainstream media. And Bill's like, what do you mean? Cam's going to be off this team in a week. And he was off the team about three days later. Also shout out Keenan Allen. He, I mentioned before he's on my fantasy team. I mentioned he's my favorite route runner in, in football. That's all I wanted to say. I think he's the best route runner in football. And I think he's very underrated. He's better than DK Metcalf. <laughs> that's all that's all i want to say um yeah that's pretty much it you know again i'm gonna try and work on new things try and put out new videos new content on those blogs that i talked about um conduct detrimental and uh 
grunt talks and all those different things. Football started tonight. It was really fun. I do think that was a push off, by the way, by Chris Godwin. Um, I may do a bonus episode. I'm not going to do it tonight. It's late already. But I may do a bonus episode where I talk about um, a movie, actually. So a little pop culture, because I think it's really cool. And it's going to be a little bit more of a conversation like I just had now, where you're just talking about life and talking about different things. And I I like that sports can be a metaphor and a foreground for that. But I think there's a lot to learn um, from sports. And, you know, contemplating that, like I said, it's the new year, the Jewish new year. We're only (laughs) a couple days in. Um, And when you're reflecting on the past and you're looking towards the future, you kind of get a chance to zoom out, if you will, and kind of take a look at things as a whole. And I appreciate that opportunity. And I think uh, it's one that we need to do more often. So I'm going to try and do that a little bit more. Um, It happens at work. I'll be honest every day, uh, you know, when there's something frustrating because it's a difficult job. It's, it's mostly sales um, and sales can be difficult at times. And I take a step back and I'm like, well, no, I'm doing this because this is, you know, the goal towards something bigger. And it's crazy that I'm even here. And it motivates me when I when I take a step back and I'm able to do that. So um, that's all I got. <laughs> it, a weird podcast, maybe, but um, I think it was a good one. So you guys let me know what you think. And if I do the bonus episode, I'll see you then. Uh, otherwise, until next time, definitely be recording um, at the end of week one, week one of the NFL season to recap it all. So until then, see ya.
that's okay Cause I'm here for the long game No, we'll be friends again someday